Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Um, so first off, I don't have an external mic or anything set up with this. This is just the Pixel Book that I'm actually um, live streaming from. So audio and everything like that is from here, and I'm being bugged by bugs. Um, yeah, they're they're, they're annoying. <laughs> but anyways, guys, first of all, I want to give shout outs to all those who are members of the channel. Thank you guys so much for being a member of the channel. Um, yeah, hopefully you guys got a chance to take a look at the new perks um, since, you know, reforming the channel to a different aspect and then also reconfiguring all the membership tiers, what perks you get for being a member. So definitely check those out um, if you're already a member. If you're thinking about becoming a member and you decide to click that join to become a member, thank you so much for doing so. Really appreciate that. Um, one of the biggest ways to help out and... Uh, let me just <laughs> the, the hot spot is just so weird. Okay. Anyways, hopefully the stream is going good. Let me know in the comments if the stream is going good or if it kind of like you know glitches out or whatever. Let me know. Um but anyways, yeah. So uh another way you guys can help support the channel is just basically just smashing the like button on all these uh these live podcasts. Um that helps circulate them, really. So, um, also, if you guys do want to help support out the channel, there's a way you can do it right there. Uh, of course, the link is old. Yeah, so new. Um, but that's up to you guys if you guys want to do that, um, really. Um, so, anyways, let's kind of get into today's subject, today's topics. So, first of all, we got Jose in the building. What's going on, Jose? How's it going, man? Appreciate it. Appreciate you for being here. Let me know how the audio is doing. This is the microphone from the Pixel Book Go. So, look, no microphone here, no external microphone plugged in, which I normally use nowadays. But just let me know. I just, I just wanted to test this out without uh, without any um, additional add-ons, just in case. I mean, because this thing is light as hell. If I wanted to take it and, and, and live stream, like, at a park or something like that, didn't want to carry, like, you know, microphone, headphones, and all that other stuff, you know, I just want to make sure that the audio is at least decent. Um, so, yeah, just let me know how the audio is. So, let's kind of just, uh, audio is decent. No, thanks for the feedback. Let's kind of break in. So, I'm going to start off with the with the very minor news and work my way up the ladder here, Okay. Um, some interesting articles that I read and I just wanted to share with people on this podcast. So the first one is actually an, an SNES hacker speeds up a classic game. This is kind of crazy uh, that they were able to do this. And when I saw this, I kind of laughed because I'm like, all right, you know, I mean, uh, he took the time to do it. So uh, but this uh, initially is reported from The Verge. So let me share this link so you guys can uh, read later at your own leisure if you guys decide to. Um, but there we have it. There's a link uh, to this article. And uh, what it's initially talking about is um, the game called Race Driving, uh, which was ported from Atari to um, to Super Nintendo um, and also to Sega Genesis. Now, the way that the game pretty much worked out is uh, when you played the game itself, the slideshow was like at four frames per second. <laughs> um so that's that, that that's pretty so compared think about it compared to today's uh standard right um we usually get 30 frames per second in a video as standard right most people are are gaining towards 60 frames per second especially at a higher resolution rate those are things you have to kind of like think about i always wondered why someone would actually take the time to do this 
But at the same time, too, it is kind of cool to see them actually do this. Um, so this is from The Verge. They reported on it. They said that the Atari game cabinet game, well, the Atari arcade cabinet game race driving was ported to the Atari ST in the summer of 1991 and then ported again to the SNES a year later. Uh, it was the sequel to the 1989's uh, hard driving. And while it boasted numerous improvements over its predecessor, it could model a car with four wheels as opposed to hard driving's two wheel. Um, it was still particularly fast. Uh, the SNES console port ran a slideshow of four frames per second. And when the Genesis port arrived in 1993, Electronic Gaming Monthly January 1994 issue gave the game a capsule review. And it reads in full, this is another so-so entry in the driving scene where the truly innovative titles like um, Chase HQ2 and Rock and Roll Racing tend to stand out while other like this gets lost in the crowd. Scrolling is very choppy. Uh, it received mostly fours and fives out of tens from magazine staffs. Uh, anyways, race drive-in ran at four frames per second on the original Atari ST hardware. Software engineer uh, Vitor Vilela, uh, Vilela thought that wasn't good enough and decided to do something about it using um, contemporaneous hardware the nintendo sa processor as kotaku reports the results show exactly how much more powerful the sa1 chip was uh Valella managed to get around 30 frames per second using a conversion they developed specifically for it and here's what it looks like and they give oh they give like a little little video here so uh yeah let's 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 hang on you guys probably won't hear the audio so let me just stop real quick and reshare with audio so you guys can actually like hear this. Um, okay. All right. So now that we play the video, you guys will be able to hear it besides seeing it. All right. We have the original on the left. We have the SA1 chip on the right. Oh, wow. That is a significant difference. Wow. <laughs> that is insane. Wow. Could you imagine other games like Dirt Bike and, um, wow, this is crazy. So on the left side, you can pretty much see 40 frames, of, oh, not 40, four frames per second. On the right was 30 frames per second. Okay. That is crazy that is crazy um is this a recent game no it's not a recent game uh this is a, a old classic game but uh developer actually took the game and um using a different processing chip and actually was able to speed up the um 
yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a loss for words. I mean, I I I really dig things like this. I really think it's really cool when someone actually does something like this. Okay, like yeah, it's a very old game. Most people probably won't even be into it or whatever, whatnot, because you have the likes of games such as like Fortnite and PUBG and you know Dead by Daylight and um, there's just so many game titles out there that you know you really wouldn't think anyone would actually be interested in this. But like for someone like me who likes retro games, right? And I play a lot of Nintendo games on emulators and stuff like that. Like this is something I can definitely appreciate. This is something that I'm like, okay, you know, it's a childhood game. So, you know, it's a, it has a very nostalgic feeling to it and, and, and being able to, you know, play it and see it in a, in a higher frame rate than what originally came out when this game did come out when I was a kid. That's, that's beyond any, that's crazy. That's, that's beyond anything I would ever expected. So while the question is, why would anyone take the time to do this to a game such as race driving on, on, um, on Super Nintendo, uh, you also have to think too at the same time, there's still a lot of retro gamers such as myself that would appreciate this. And then someone actually taking the time to work on this, um, that, that, that's crazy. What up, Steve? What's going on, man? Um, so yeah, it's just seeing an old game and, and having it having it redone with a higher frame rate. I mean, you definitely can see the, the, the difference in that video clip from... One like four frames per second to 30 frames per second. Um, no, nothing much going on, Steve. Nothing much, man. Just, uh, I mean, I got like three things to talk about here on the live. I'm going to get into the good stuff here in a little bit, you know, talk about Huawei and Harmony OS to launch and also uh, Google's uh, foldable pixel. Just talking about the, the little minor uh, news, which is uh, a hacker actually, um, actually sped up the frame rate on the old classic game known as a uh, race driving for super nintendo i don't know if any, anyone's ever played it anyone that ever had a super nintendo played this game but yeah so on the article i posted a link in the chat on that article at the verge it actually tells you how to obtain a copy of the game so you can play it for yourself um i may try this out I may actually just do like a like a video later on showing it um we'll see what happens too far gone what's going on um hello so yeah, I don't know. That's just crazy. Um, definitely hit the link and watch the, uh, the the video for yourself to see the difference. It is a hell of a lot smoother at 30 frames per second versus four frames per second. Like you really see a drastic difference. And just imagine if the game came out at 30 frames per second way back in 1991, man, how popular would this game have been? You know, that's insane. Um, anyways, just kind of moving away from that, let's kind of talk about Google and them uh, actually, uh, yeah, like all of the rumors talking about the um, the uh, foldable um, Google Pixel is not so much a, a rumor at all. Um, so let me grab this link here. You guys can actually check it out at your own leisure. I'll put it in the chat. You guys can grab it there um, and read for yourselves. But this is a uh, this is actually. I mean, I, I had an idea that Google would do this, you know what I mean, kind of venture into foldable technology, but I'm not, again, my my opinion stands that this is more than likely going to fail Google. I'm sorry to say it. And, and I'm a pixel guy. I'm a pixel guy. You know what I mean? Um, heck, I, I, I just got a pixel book. <laughs> That I'm testing out today without 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 any uh any mic attachments or anything like that. But you know, um it's uh 
it's it's a little bit weird. Big John Tech reviews. What's going on? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Um, so, anyways, with this article, basically, um, let me get into the, the actual page itself. But this um, coming from Sam Mobile, reporting on this. Uh, like I said, link in the chat. Uh, Google may may make its own foldable smartphone with the help of Samsung. And this is something that you know I kind of expected. If you know, since they are going to go do this. Um, literally with, you know, the relationship with Samsung and Google has, has, has gone some, some interesting turns left and right and everything. Uh, but, but, you know, obviously we do see this, this relationship bond between Samsung and Google. Um, you know, Samsung is also the one that's helping them with, uh, with, you know, project, uh, white chapel, which is, uh, Google's own processing chip as Google intends to ditch Qualcomm in favor of manufacturing and producing its own processing chips, which we will see in the Pixel 6 later on this year. But also, you know, Samsung working with them on foldable technology. Now, will this absolutely mirror the the exact same thing as, you know, the the Galaxy Fold or the Galaxy Z Flip? That's the question. So it says here, um, basically, quote, uh, the foldable smartphone market has massive potential and Samsung displays is in the perfect position to capitalize on it. The company's foldable panels have already been used in successful consumer devices like the Galaxy Z Flip and the Galaxy Z Fold 2. So it's now going to sell foldable display panels to other companies that want to make foldable smartphones. A new report has revealed some details about the panels that Samsung Display is preparing for the likes of Google, Oppo, and Xiaomi. So now we have actually three. So Google, you know, foldable Google Pixel. We'll also see foldable technology from Xiaomi and from Oppo itself. Uh, Google to jump on the foldable bandwagon as well? Question mark. Eh, I mean, that's yeah, very questionable. Um, but I mean, you know, just just looking through this article here real quick, uh, it says Google might be thinking about getting in the foldable smartphone game as well. It has also reported uh, reportedly asked Samsung Display to develop a foldable panel around. Um, Jeez, around 7.6 inches in size. It's unclear what form factor Google might choose for its device. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I don't know where I'm seeing Google go with this. Uh, I think it's cool. I really do think it's cool. It's going to be something different than than the usual Pixel phones that we're used to getting from Google. But again, the biggest problem I have with Google is that when they attempt something, when they when they try to put on their big boy pants and say, hey, we're going to try something new today, they kind of have my luck, if I'm going to be honest. Well, <laughs> what's up, B-Tech Reviews? What's going on, man? Um, they kind of have my dumb luck. You know, like I want to try something new and, you know, like I'll put like a lot of effort into it, right? And then all of a sudden it'll just, it'll just end up failing. It'll just end up like, like, like going down. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that, you know, like, oh my gosh, I mean, I'm a freaking loser. I'm a failure or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I had the balls to try something, you know? And, but in, 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 in the mobile tech space, that type of rhetoric has no, no place to, to be, to, to be scoring points. If Google makes a foldable phone and doesn't execute well, then it's going to do more irreparable damage to, to Google and Google pixels. They don't have, Someone's using a drill. They don't have the best already um, as far as the in, – in the eyes of everyone who has their eyes locked in the mobile tech space. They, they, they don't have the best reputation at all whatsoever. 
You know, when Google Pixels come out, you know, they've they've held on to this moniker that that pixels get better over time. And then you have a lot of tech reviewers that are like, you know, uh, pixels get better over time. But who the hell really wants to wait and, and, and invest all that time in to wait for a phone to get better when everyone and, and this is just from a consumer standpoint, everybody expects their phone to work how it's supposed to work and work near perfectly right out the gate. Nobody wants to, you know, we're, we're not beta testers, we're consumers. So, you know, when they use that moniker that, oh yeah, Google Pixels get better over time. Like when they first come out, they're a little bit buggy, everything's gonna be okay. But then after a while, you know, they'll, they'll get better. It's like, who really wants to wait that? I'm not a beta tester. I didn't, I didn't buy a Pixel because I said, I'm gonna join the, the, the Pixel beta program, you know? I bought a Pixel because I want the phone to work out out the gate, out the box right away. So, you know, while it while it's while it's good and you know it's 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 good, it's nice to see that they're taking an interest in something way different than than normalcies nowadays. You know, it's also bad because it's like I I, I know Google, I know Google, I know what they're gonna do. They're about to fuck this up pretty bad. <laughs> it's like ah. Oh. Oh man! And then when that happens, it just leaves the door wide open for those people that just love to shit on on Google Pixels to come on in and say that's what they get for trying. They should just give it up. They suck. And who knows? Maybe maybe with enough consumers saying something like that, would eventually creep in to the big goo for them to say, "Hey, let's just add this thing to the Google graveyard," and eventually the Google Pixels will go to the Google graveyard. And let me say this right now, you know, a little bit slightly off subject, but if Google was to kill the, the Pixel line, let me make this very clear to a lot of people. That doesn't mean they would resurrect the Nexus line, okay? Nexus is gone. <laughs> They're not going to bring that back. So if the Google Pixel line fails completely and Google, excuse me, Google decides, hey, you know, we're, we're not, we're not going to do this anymore. We're, we're going to get out of the hardware game. Then just expect Google to be strictly software only. And then that's where it's really going to suck. So I mean I don't know what are you guys what are you guys feeling about the you know Google making a foldable should they wait at least maybe two years or maybe just just like one more year just to you know really kind of uh, get their footing in for it and then eventually attempt it or do you think now is the time like this year twenty twenty one is the year to attempt making a foldable device because you don't see a lot of other companies really doing it but like LG has its unorthodox way of like foldable technology right when you look at the last couple of devices they put out it's mostly just been like an attachment screen so you have like the actual smartphone itself that you can run standalone and then you could buy that additional screen that snaps onto the phone like the back part of the like the, the back of it is like a case that snaps onto the back of the phone and then you have the hinge of a second screen that when you close it there's an outer screen that acts as, as, as the main display. And then when you open it, then both screens talk to each other to realize that it's a dual pairing. Um, but that's LG's idea for foldable technology to that extent, right? We've seen, we've seen other foldable technology. Jesus Christ, man. I wish it was still cold here. <clears throat> Side note, this is why I like cold weather because then there's not a lot of bugs. It's kind of hard to do a podcast when I'm over here waving my hands, looking like an insane person. <laughs> hey, babe. Um, but yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on it? Are you are you guys for Google doing a foldable Pixel, or do you guys think they should wait? Like, leave your interesting responses in the chat for those people who watch the replay. Hashtag nerd up so you guys level up. 
and uh, let me know your guys' thoughts in the comments. Um, how's the pixel book? You tell me how the audio is right now because right now I'm, I'm using it. First thing, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get into that towards the end. I'll tell you guys, that, you know, like my my 24 hour, not 24 hours, because I didn't have it for 24 hours yet. But I'll tell you guys my first impressions at the end. So um, keep it locked for that. Um, so also in the news, anybody who watches, uh, what's his name? Um, what's that? What the hell is that show here on here on YouTube? Uh, can't remember it. But uh, if you guys know Keemstar, you guys know where that reference is from. Right? <laughs> also in the news, Huawei. Yeah, Huawei is, is making some strides here. And it says, two years after launch, Huawei to roll out its Google Android rival to phones with big challenges. So we're going to get into that. And this is actually reported from uh, CNBC. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Now, of course, um, the political aspect of it, I'm not going to touch base with because that's just a whole different subject involved. But yeah, I see Mike says, I'm not against it, but at the end of the day, it's all about price and demand. Well, I mean, there's not really a high demand for foldable phones. To be honest with that. I know Latrell's going to hate me for saying that, but not everybody's wanting a foldable phone. So, um, you know, the demand for it's not really there. Pricing, I'm going to I'm gonna be realistic about it. I absolutely see Google pricing this thing as to being like the most expensive pixel they ever released. I'm talking about it's probably going to be right up there with the Galaxy Fold or maybe just like maybe at, at maybe $200 cheaper. Maybe. Yeah. I'm a Pixel guy, but I'll, I'll 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 go on the record right now and say this: when the Google Pixel Fold ever releases, don't look at me to to see if I'm getting one because the answer is no. I'm not going to. Not going to invest big bucks to have a phone that folds. Anyways, so Huawei is actually getting it is uh, making some strides here. So um, as this article says from CNBC, which I dropped, I believe I dropped a link in the chat. Did I? Yeah, I did. Okay, there it is. I really like this Pixel book. I'm definitely, um, definitely recommend it if you can, if you can drop that kind of money on it. Okay. <coughs> so it says here, um, key points. In mid-2019, Huawei launched its own operating system, Harmony OS, which has like many different names. So like to the U.S., it's known as Harmony OS. When it comes here, it's going to it's gonna have the name Harmony OS. In China, it's Hongmeng, and uh, they had like another name for it too as well. Anyways, um, in response to the U.S. actions that cut it off from Google software, on Monday, Huawei announced that Harmony OS would be would begin rolling out on its smartphones from, from April. Um, and then another keynote is that Huawei faces a number of challenges in its smartphone business, including dwindling chip supplies and getting users outside China to get on board with Harmony OS. Um, so it just talks a little bit briefly about it, you know, about mid mid 2019 Huawei launched its own operating system, Harmony OS, which is supposed to be like, you know, 10 times faster than Android is. Um, and then a lot of people were like really worried about it. They're like Harmony OS is going to be the Android killer. And then I started reminding people there's Project Fuchsia, 
We don't know if Project Fuchsia is going to be a separate closed operating system or if this is the future of Android where they're switching away from using uh, Linux kernel base, which is, you know, possibly like slightly responsible for the reasons they, they claim that if Android was to seem a little bit slow, it would be that. It would be, you know, the old file system for Linux being the cause of that. I don't know. But anyways, um, so we know we know that here in the U.S., uh, they pretty much like, you know, blocked Huawei from being able to uh, access uh, the Google Store here because of certain aspects where they were like, you know, there's supposedly spyware. Just because Huawei has too much close ties to the CCP that um, they deemed it as a security risk. Uh, Google, in in response to that uh, from our government, decided that they were no longer going to allow licensing of Android uh, to that degree. Like the Play Store, um, the app, you know, um, Google services and stuff like that, which is pretty much like out the window for for Huawei. So Huawei's answer to that was that they developed their own operating system and then they started boasting that it's like it's like ten times faster than Android. So why would people want Android when you can you know go Harmony OS, you know? Um, and I'll get into I'll get into several key things that you know a company needs in order for its operating system to work. And it doesn't matter how popular the brand is. I've seen big brands fall. Um, but anyway, so it looks like they're they're stepping closer to uh, releasing Harmony OS, and I guess possibly cutting a deal with other OEMs to actually use Harmony OS. But they're gonna have to try to get Harmony OS outside of China to other places. So you're, that's like convincing India to to use that, which you know they probably have a better shot at doing. India is their is their southern neighbor. Um, you got Japan also as well. And the Japanese, um, you know, where they where they are, you know, privacy is like one of their biggest things that they that that they talk about. Um, I mean, I don't know. You could possibly get Japan on board using it. Um, so anyway, some of the things they point out here: development of Harmony OS. Huawei touts that Harmony OS is an operating system that can work across devices from smartphones to TVs. So very, very, very reminiscent of what Project Fuchsia intends to do. Project Fuchsia for Google tends to run on smartphones, tablets, uh, Chromebooks, but also on IOTs. So like smart refrigerators with, you know, touchscreen displays and, you know, whatever else you got out there, it will work with it. Um, Seamlessly, seamlessly work with it. So. Anyways, I'm trying to see if this site has like a video that has a demo. I'm pretty sure there's a demo on YouTube for like Harmony OS. Um, yeah, so one of the big things that they talk about here, uh, this is just a quote, says Huawei could continue to drive the local China market without such concerns about Harmony OS apps. But there is a much bigger issue in that. It is struggling to get components in the first place because a lot of companies are like not doing business with them, right? So Qualcomm's not providing chips uh, for them to use. These are some of the things and concerns that that Huawei obviously uh, was thinking about, but you know they're not going to come out the gate and show weakness right away. So this is the reason why that they were also pretty much touting that Harmony OS is so much faster, so much better. It's like sell your brand to get people to join you and rebel type of thing. Now, there are several key things here to an operating system being um, successful globally. Um, but there is one, one major factor. One major factor that can bring Harmony OS to its knees, regardless of how fast it is. And this same thing happened to uh, Windows Mobile OS. 
if you guys remember that there were a lot of windows devices and people loved the live tiles you know they, they it's it was smooth it was seamless um geez leave me alone um there's there, there's all kinds of factors to it but the reason why Windows failed and why we no longer see phones released with, with the Windows uh, mobile operating system is because there was no app development. I mean, when you went in into the app store or the Windows market to get an app, right, you would search Snapchat and you would find like all these different third-party developed Snapchat apps, but they weren't developed by Snap Inc. themselves directly. I think the only actual real apps they had was Facebook and Twitter. Instagram was a third party also. And just about anything else you would have wanted was third party also. This is the biggest thing that can make an OS, no matter how damn good it can be, it can make this OS fall. App development. If you don't have the popular apps on your operating system, consider you done. Because what do we use smartphones for? What What is the one quintessential thing that we use smartphones for? And why did, why is it that yesterday I said the OS wars are done? The reason why the OS wars are done and, 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 and the most quintessential thing that we use on our smartphones is applications. When you open an application on iOS, same as you open an application on Android. Sure, there'll be subtle differences as far as the user interface development of both applications, but generally it's the same thing. Now, if you don't have this in your new operating system, if all you have is knockoffs, that's like, you know, people that, 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 that buy the iPhone 12 mini and find out it's a knockoff iPhone 12 mini. And that's why they were able to buy it for $350. And it's just skin to look like iOS, but the base operating system, the core operating system is Android. I mean, that is without a shadow of a doubt what people are going to think when you have third-party apps that link to Instagram, but it's not the actual Instagram apps, not developed by Facebook. It's nothing like that. Same with Snapchat and Snap Inc. If it's not from Snap Inc., it's not really Snapchat and people don't trust it. That was the big issue why Windows Mobile OS failed was because yes, while, while, while these third-party apps on that platform were able to access Snapchat, were able to access Instagram, the problem was a lot of people don't trust it, especially when majority of those third-party apps were developed by developers in India. Not saying there's anything bad about India, but people, you know, when it goes back to reputations, right? One of the biggest reputations that India has right now is scamming people here in America. Why is that? Check out YouTuber Scammer Revolts. You know, um, oh, there's another one. But these guys, they, they they purposely go after scammers, so they waste the scammer's time. They they, 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 they take a three-hour conversation. They chop it up into a 15-minute video to show you guys how they ruin the scammer's life. And these scammers come from India. A lot of them do, that, 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 they, that they, they, they end up siskiing. Because that's one of the major things that Scammer Revolts does is, you know, he uses a virtual machine for them to link up with so that way they, they can act like they're Windows tech support. And while they're telling him what to do to link up and everything like that, he's already in their computer. He's deleted all the files they have saved. And then he goes in and he puts a new password on the computer itself. But he also syskeys the computer. So the next time that they boot it up, they won't boot into anything until they put the password to the system key. That's what a syskey is. But... um. 
A lot of scammers come from India. So when you have third-party apps for a mobile operating operating system platform that are developed by third-party developers and most of them are majority based in India, the first thing that comes to people's minds is, is that they're going to steal people's information. They're going to, their, their third-party app allows you to connect with Snapchat, but they want to be able to get the password to your Snapchat so they can go in there and steal your photos that you have set privately. Same thing, you know, with, with your Instagram account, same thing. Even if you use like, you know, if you, yeah, it's just, it is crazy. So without the app development, Harmony OS doesn't have a breath. It doesn't. Okay. Then you also have global political regulations that they have to also think about too itself. So there's a lot here with Harmony OS that, you know, needs to be looked at before people jump up real quick and say, hey, they're going to kick Android's ass. Uh, they got to they gotta make it to the U.S. first. That's number one key thing here. Um, am I against Harmony OS? No, I am not against Harmony OS. I prefer to have more options, right? If Harmony OS tends to be a hundred times better than Android, do you guys really think that I'm going to stick on Android if I can get more done with Harmony OS? I mean, you know, I like pixels and with the knowledge that I have that I know of, I'm sure I can find a way to get Harmony OS on a pixel phone. I digress from that. All I'm saying is, is that in order for Harmony OS to really make a dent in the industry, it's got to have that number one big backer app development support from the original app developers, not third party. That's the key thing. So uh, before I close off this live stream, let me just say this. You know, I got got asked a question about the Pixelbook. Um, honestly, I gotta say the Pixelbook is pretty solid. Okay, yes, it's it's just a Chromebook. Some you know some people are gonna be Debbie Downers or Donnie Downers are gonna be like it's just a Chromebook with the Pixel name on it. Yes, it is. However, I'll tell you guys right now that this thing is absolutely light, and you know it hasn't heated up on me. You know I'm still feeling on it as I'm live streaming. It's not warm. You know it still retains you know a cool feeling to it since the body is aluminum. The casing and everything is aluminum, so feels cool to the touch um crazy because i don't see any air ventilation other than the speakers on the side would be where the air would ventilate from uh but it's very quiet like you, you don't hear anything going on with it whatsoever there's there's absolutely no noise there's nothing that would indicate air ventilation even though it is it has to be from the speakers audio from this thing is a beast i mean the bass clarity the punchiness and everything is is absolutely good and why are you guys keep coming back my way like you guys leave and go on that side of the backyard you gotta fly back this way to bother me go away i should get one of those uh those coil incense to like get rid of bugs around me when i live stream out here but technically i'm only out here because the missus was taking a nap so it is solid okay it yes it is pricey um, at Best Buy, they sold this for $649. I have the 64 gig variant. It's not the Ultra HD 4K variant. So um, 64 gig variant, uh, four, I think four gigs of RAM. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, the, basically the, the, the base model of it. But um, it's solid. It's solid right now. It's, it's working great. It's doing what, it, what I need it to do. Um, I'm live streaming from it, and I have no external mics connected to it, so all the audio is from the microphone right there by the by the camera. Um, so far, I I feel like that the investment of six hundred forty nine dollars was well spent. 
Okay, that's that's the stamp of approval I'm putting on it right now. Now, that's just for right now. I still have a lot of time with it to give a full review. It might be like a month. So like a month from now, I'll have like a full review on the Pixelbook Go. And then, you know, you guys will get the good and the bad for me. But as of right now, like um, for what I spent for it, I don't feel like that, that like I overpaid. That's just a feeling that I have right now. Um, no, this is not going to compare to a MacBook. So anyone that's going to ask like, well, you know, is it as good as a MacBook? I mean, to me, yeah, but that's, 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 that's just my opinion. Um, for something like a MacBook and what it can do, that's a little bit different. This runs Chrome OS. Sure, you can dual boot Ubuntu on it. You can you can um, dual boot a different software on here to use. Um, but just comparing it, base stock Pixelbook Chrome OS versus a MacBook, Obviously, the MacBook is going to come out on top just because there's more that you can do with the MacBook. The MacBook is not just running um, Safari OS, right? It's not just running a base a base OS like Chrome OS. You know what I mean? There's a lot you can do with with the MacBook and, and with the Mac. Um, a, con- a competitor, an actual true competitor to a MacBook would be a, a PC laptop. That would be the true competitor to it. A Chromebook is just simply for someone that's just got to like do some research, do some live streams like this. Um, play a little bit of Google Stadia. And that's all really I can see you doing. I mean, going on social media, researching on websites, that's all I see you really doing with this. But like anything else that would, that would require multiple applications to be used, um, this is not be something that I would say for anyone to try out. Now, sure, I do have the Linux beta unlocked on this. So I could install um, Linux um, software on here to, to use different things. Like I know I could, I could put Audacity on here to kind of really fudge the, the audio uh, but I don't intend to do that. I don't intend to do a lot of um, hidden quirks to you know to a Chromebook. I'm just going to run this Pixelbook Go as stock as possible. And um, so far, I'm loving it. So far, I'm loving it. So that's what I have right now, basically, for the Pixelbook Go. It's just it's very solid. Um, I stopped charging it last night. You're supposed to get about 12 hours of battery life, and it's about to hit that. Um, because right now the battery currently is at 46%. It says I have like two hours left. It's uh, 11.05 a.m. my time. So about one o'clock, if I was to continue to live stream like this or whatever, the battery would deplete. That's all the time I would have. I know once I end this, this live stream, the time uh, expectancy will extend a little bit more because it's not a, I'm not doing a heavy intense type thing. But I got to say right now, the battery life is actually pretty decent. But the main, main, main thing that I'm really liking about the Pixelbook is how light it is. And even though it's light, I can open the, the, the Pixelbook with one finger just by grabbing the screen and lifting up. It doesn't pick the Pixelbook up. The screen actually opens. So there's not a lot of heavy tension on the hinge that holds the, uh, the top shell display to the bottom. However, it is sturdy. So it's not like the screen wiggles or anything like that. Um, retired, Raul. It's retired. Um, incorporating more things in, 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 into my podcast or whatever, you know, talking about, you know, games and stuff like that. And ah, these bugs just bug the hell out of me, but like games, comics and stuff like that, movies, you know, more things It's just going far, far beyond just mobile tech only. So, um, you're not, you're not losing anything with, with my live podcast. You're actually gaining more different subjects that you might also be interested in. Um, but yeah, I just revamped the whole channel under one, one thing on here on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. It's all, it's, it's all unified together. Uh, of course, if someone wants to take the name Aloha Android and use it, that, that'd be kind of weird. 
that'd be kind of strange, but I mean, it is what it is. So that's pretty much what I have for you guys today. Uh, so far, I do want to thank everybody that came in and hung out. You guys are pretty awesome. Again, shout out to the channel members. Thank you guys for being members of the channel. Really appreciate that. And again, if you have not seen the tiers for each membership, please go check that out. That has changed. I have changed that and the perks have gotten a little bit, um, yeah, have gotten a little bit better. Why were you planning on getting a 3A yesterday? Um, just to have, just to have, but <clears throat> I mean, ended up getting a Pixelbook Go. So that pretty much was like, yeah. Cause I mean, there's also like some extensive videos I wanted to make with the Pixel 3A versus the Pixel 4A. What's new, what's not new. Um, you know, how well is it handle? Those types of things. Like I like I like also making, you know, throwback videos to them, you know, like I mean everyone does them, right? Like, you know, Pixel 3A in 2021, you know, type videos. I, I was intending to do that, but more like on the live stream than actual video and just kind of talk about it and take questions live asking about it so I can answer them right then, right then and there on the spot. So but I ended up getting a Pixel Book Go instead. Um yeah. So anyways, guys, that's that's it. Um, I will, I don't know if I'm going to live stream tomorrow, but um, definitely Friday, definitely Friday. I will go live again. So I will see you guys then, but you know, Hey, have notifications turned on. So you guys don't miss anything at all. You guys will not miss a single damn thing. Hit notifications, hit all, uh, on YouTube. You're good to go. If you're following the, uh, the Facebook page, then, uh, notifications are already there for you. You guys are golden. So anyways, guys. I got lots of other things I got to do today, so I'll see y'all later. Peace.